your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. Hello. Let's pray for our kids. Father God, we lift our kids. May your face shine upon them. May you give them hearts of flesh. Will you be um, a blessing to them as you are this morning? Cover them with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Kids are dismissed to Children's Church. Um, we do have a treat this morning. We have, I, I don't think it would be right to call to call him a guest speaker, because you might know them as a family that's new to the church, but if you found out their history, you'd know that they actually have a long history with this church, and God moved the other places in their back. Um, I'm not sure why we get the best here, but everything from the worship team to, to all y'all, it seems like he just, in this little place right here, this little house, we get the best. Um, so I'm just going to do a very quick introduction. Um, I could tell you about the things you're supposed to put in introductions, um, like the fact that he was in a position at Focus on the Family, kind of second to the president for a while and helped turn the organization around. But he wouldn't want you to tell me, tell you, he wouldn't want me to tell you that, so I won't. Um, I also won't tell you that he had a very similar position. I don't know the details at Children's Hope Chest and that God uses them in these mighty ways for organizations. Um, I won't tell you that either, because he wouldn't want me to. <laughs> but, but I will tell you. <laughs> no, not yet. You can't do that. Yet. I just let, I'll grab the water and drink while you're. I do want to tell you a couple of things. What I believe are the real qualifications. Um, he is the kind of uh, man, and has the kind of relationship with the Lord that he has a relationship of obedience. That what I know about this guy is when God asks him to leave positions like that um, because he's calling him to things for his family that he just moves and he does it, even though that's hard on a guy. I've seen him do that in seasons. Um, I've seen a heart where this guy brings, wherever he is with um, youth and children, you see the spirit of the Lord there. I see him bring Jesus into a hockey team, whether it's appreciated or not by everyone. And I see God begin to change little kids' lives. He has a gifting for that. But, you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, he's going to give us a message in the spirit today, and I'll just turn it over to you, brother. Oh, this is David Perry. <laughs> You know, that was way, way, way too kind, and he exaggerated everything. Don't believe any of it. And you know, I know that what you're thinking right now, Pastor Paul, why didn't you tell us last week that we were going to have a guest speaker? I could have gotten a lot done this weekend. Okay, you know, it's, I know how that is. And then I'm wondering why you three are still standing around, sitting around up here, not in, not in children's church, huh? So my two boys, Cole Perry, Kai Perry, you want to just stand up, wave? Like we rehearsed? No, I said stand up. Come on, there it is. And right, and right in the middle of that mix is little Jonah. So, yeah. And, and these are all hockey, little hockey dudes, and man, they, they give you a run for your money. So um, I, a couple of things that are really interesting. You know those times when it's like, no, Lord, I don't want to do that? 
this is one of those. Just so you know, uh, I, I, I was asked to do this, and it was interesting because I was having coffee with another pastor, and he was talking about um, really the first time that he, at 15 years old, got up and started preaching a sermon, and he talked about all the sermons that he's preached, and he's telling me about this, and look for the Holy Spirit, he's going to show up, take time to just step back and know when that happens. I'm like, wow, that's really good stuff, you know, so I'm open to that. And right in the middle of that, in this conversation two weeks ago, and I'm not quite prepared for my sermon at that time, he says, the Lord speaks to me, he goes, walk away, walk away from it. No, I'm not going to walk away from this. Are you kidding? I've got preparations to do. I've got to figure out everything that I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it, what I'm going to say, all the questions, anything like that. What's interesting, in my past life, I was in the corporate world. I gave a lot of presentations, and I, I measured, and, and everything was measured. Everything had a purpose. Every word had a purpose. Everything, you know, the time limit, all of that. And the Lord said to me, again, step away from it. Uh-uh, are you crazy? So there's our first battle. Okay, there's been several. And he said, he said, walk away because I want to have, I want to have the room for me to show up in this, not you. Man, that's tough. You know, it's been, uh, whoever laughed, that's so true. That's crazy. It's, isn't this all about me? No way. So, Let's just open in prayer real quick. Father God, you are God of the universe. You are the great I am. So Father, through your Holy Spirit, I just submit myself to you. And I ask that you do what you want to accomplish. That you, through me, bless your beloved, your congregation, your people. This is all about you and your will and your way. So I submit to you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, do you all know who Francis Chan is? Anyone heard of Francis Chan? So Francis Chan wrote a book called Crazy Love. Francis Chan is kind of a pastor, author for uh, a younger generation, more of the millennial generation, a really pretty profound guy. Um, but at Focus on the Family, he got up, he came out to talk to us, and he, he said, I don't prepare anything. And he said, I want you all to pray for me. I'm going to get on my knees and pray that the Lord opens my heart to what he wants to talk about. I'm not going to do that. Okay, let's just be clear. I have paper. We're going to talk through some things. But I thought that was pretty profound. And he did it. And for the next two to three minutes, he prayed. And we all prayed. He got up and just knocked it out of the park. It's amazing. I've never seen that. So with that, do you mind handing me those papers? Thanks. Did you go through them? Did you read them? Are you ready? You're not ready? You know, the biggest supporters of this whole time while I've been preparing are those guys right there, my kids. My wife isn't here. She's on a plane right now back from London, but we usually sit over here, and she's the cute little blonde girl that uh, I married way up. <laughs> I mean, way off the chart I married up. So we'll just get that out in the open now. You know, I got nothing on her. So we'll just, we'll just start the whole thing with that. Um, all right. We went on vacation a few weeks ago, and we went down south, and we hit the Gulf of Mexico. Anyone have houses, been, vacationed, anything down into that region? Those houses are amazing. They're built 20 feet high 
on these 20-inch pilings. It's all tied together. It's a work of engineering genius. What's the problem? Well, they get these massive storms. They get hurricanes. They get waves. They get all this stuff that just beats the heck out of these houses. But there's one little fact is that those houses, you know what? They still get destroyed, which is pretty amazing given how solidly they are built. Well, you kind of see where this is going. It's a foundation, right? You know, don't hold this against me. And if you're in the insurance industry, I don't want to hear about it. Because I was reading the Journal of Insurance, and they said that they are redoing all of the guidelines for building these houses so that they can withstand these storms. You know, that's a cement piling. That's talking about big foundations. That's pretty amazing. You know, if you look at it, talk about foundations, you look at the church of Corinth. You know, the Corinthians had everything, didn't they? They really did. They had a lot of things. They had truth of sound doctrine, spiritual gifts, teachers, leaders, the ability to inspire. They had the Holy Spirit. They had salvation. They were a blasted mess. Why? What did they build that foundation on? Anyone? Themselves. They built it on themselves. You know, so really what I want to do is I want to challenge you and, and think through what that foundation of ours really is. What is it built on? You know, is it, is it, it could be a million different things, but do we really take the time to look at what that foundation is? Liz? Uh, first one I have is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Sorry? Was that me? Hey, so Hebrews 11.1, 1, we're talking about what? Faith? Isn't that the chapter of faith? You want to know what faith is? Go read Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is things hoped for. So we're talking about faith, hope, and trust, Right? Isn't that kind of the foundation of what we believe in? Right? you got to understand faith, hope, and trust. We just sang songs. Teresa did a great job of singing songs about trust. And when she started putting that up there, and what did you say about trust? You said something about God and trust. She said that, and I went, there's my, there it is. We can go home. It's done. Right? So I want you to think about that, because faith, hope, and trust are crucial. Next one, please, Liz. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So what does that say? Is that a promise? I want to challenge you. Start looking for promises. Okay? Hold to these promises. There's tons of them in the Bible. Isn't that, again, you know, faith and promises told? There's so many promises we have something that's waiting for us. That's the hope, right? Something greater. Proverbs 3, 5. Lean not on your own, trusting the Lord with all your heart. We there yet? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him and he will make your paths what? Straight. You know, when I did the research on this, there was a couple things that kind of stood out. One was 
in all your ways, submit to him, lean not, or he will make your paths straight. So the first one, lean not on your own understanding. What is he saying? What do we often do? What do we trust in? Ourselves. Specifically, what do we trust in? Our minds. Man, we are smart people, aren't we? We are clever ones. We're a blasted mess. Okay? But that's good. It's okay. Now, you have to understand, I'm coming from a time when I wasn't always a believer. I came to Christ when I was about 30 years old. That's been about 23 for all of you that want to do the math. All right? And that was a train wreck. Before I came to Christ, it was an absolute disaster. So what happened? I came to Christ, and he started pointing me in a different direction. I started believing and trusting in things other than myself. That's been a 23-year-long path of pain. Okay, there's been, he, to, to clean someone out, see, this is how I do it. I look at all of you who are believers, who have been believers all your life. Raise your hand if you've been a believer all your life. Come on, raise your hand. There's a lot of you out there. So this is how I equate it. God gives you a little push in the shoulder, you know, a little turn. Just focus on that. That's the way to go. Got it. With me, it's a brick. Okay, and he hits me in the head three times with it. It's the principles of threes, and it hurts. And you know what that does? It causes me to get on my knees and refocus my trust back to him. Okay, trust. It's, a, it's basic to our belief. Hope, trust, faith, all of those. Um, paths. There was in that, he'll make your paths straight. The, uh, from Judges 5.6, that was a literal path. From Job 6.18, it is the course of one's life. So remember that the next time you read that, it is really a much bigger definition and broader definition than just a path. I mean, that's everything. And then it goes on to talk about, you know, evil versus a blessed life, things like that. You know, it was really interesting when I started learning about it, when I started trying to figure out what was going on. Okay, so this faith, hope, and trust, what, what about it? What does he do with it? Well, the, the hardest part of this whole thing is he tests us. It's horrible. It's horrible. I, I, do, does anyone like it? Okay, so next scripture, please. And that should be 1 Peter something something. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 8. No, did, was that me? Thank you, Liz. <laughs> Thanks for having competent people. <laughs> All right, in this, great, in this you greatly rejoice that now for a little while... If need be, you have been grieved by various trials. All right, it goes on to say um, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold. Didn't we sing about that? Isn't that ironic? I flipped. That's one of those things. It's like, wow, that's affirmation right there. Maybe I'm on the right track with, with this stuff. So gold that perishes through Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I can't even see the rest of it. Whom having not seen you, seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, rejoicing with joy inexpressible, full of glory. You know what this is? This is everything you need to know about testing. Okay, the first part. 
a little while. Do troubles last forever? That's what it says. It says a little while. That's a promise. And I'm pulling that in. Okay, because that's all I got. Because if this thing lasts forever, I'm going to just go nuts. Because it's not fun. And we all have these pains. We have all these battles. We have all these challenges. Life is not easy, is it? It's tough. That's the faith, hope, and trust that we're looking for. That's what our foundation is built on. That's the hope that we're waiting for, that salvation, that eternal living. Right? All right. Trouble doesn't last. The next one, if need be, it serves a purpose. Yeah, I know. I know it serves a purpose. So what? These trials aren't, this testing isn't for him? <laughs> no way. Why? Because every time we're tested, what happens? We grow stronger. We trust more. We have more faith. Isn't the whole foundation built stronger? Why don't we embrace it? Because it stinks. Right? Number three, it brings distress. No kidding. That's the various trials. I'm sorry, that's grieved. The, the word in there was grieved. Distress. No kidding. Every distress for everyone is different. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is the father of everything. He made everything. Comes in various forms. Yeah, sure does. Didn't expect that one. Thought I had it all figured out. Not so much, right? It's crazy. Okay, and finally, and this is the hard one. This is where I fail over and over and over again. Rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Us, we are supposed to do that, right? It shouldn't diminish our joy. Are you kidding me? I'm a grouch. Boys will attest to that. Don't shake your heads. Just, just sit quietly. Okay, you're doing a good job. All right? No, I don't like these. Does it diminish my joy? Yeah, I get ticked. I hate it. Okay, so what do we have to do? This is really about the focus, isn't it? That was testing, but now we're called to what? Focus. All right? All right, so there's something deeper. What is it? What am I missing? Any ideas? Faith, hope, trust. I'm sorry, what? Love. What's that? I'm a guy. <laughs> Let's just keep moving forward and get done with this. Right? But when we talk about love, you could throw up the next scripture if you want. I don't know what it is, but we'll give it a try. Oh, trust. Back to trust. That's a good one. The ultimate form of trust. Hey, there's something that I've, I realized. So this is, what is this? This is Abraham. God says what? Go kill your son. Oh, I'm sorry, what? I don't have that kind of trust. You want to talk about failed? No, I'm walking away. You know, when I was sitting over there and we're going through everything, which is lovely, all the worship, but I got to get up and talk. I just want to run away. I just want to run. Abraham didn't run. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. This is the thing that I caught. He will be a what? burnt offering and i know you love him says the lord to abraham whom you love i know you love him 
You got to sacrifice him. Oh, and then he's a burnt offering. That's crazy. How do you get there? Same thing, same path we're on. It's all the same. The same path over and over and over and over and over again. But underlying is that love. But when we talk about love, we're usually talking about what the Lord commands us to do, which is what? Love one another. I'm not talking about that. The love I'm talking about is the love that he has for us. And that really is what faith, hope, and trust rest upon. Isn't it? How much does he love us? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever considered how much he really loves us? This has been on my heart for forever, for this moment. I'm certain of it. It's just been over and over in my mind. It's crazy. What does Paul say? You can throw up whatever's next. <laughs> it's kind of fun, isn't it? <laughs> Ephesians, for we do not wrestle against principalities. You know what? So let's stop for a second. What is that saying? What's the purpose of faith, hope, and trust? What is it? So we can weather all that? Everything that is what? Do y'all believe? Do y'all believe that there is an unforeseen battle going on? Man, we better. You can't see it, but you better know, and that's what Ephesians is. Go put on your, your armor. Talks about all the armor. So you better be ready. But I am convinced more and more that that foundation of trust deepens as you go through these trials. This is how I put it, if I may, just for a second. So everyone goes, which side of the fence are you on? You're Christian, are you a believer, or are you not a believer? We're going to talk about that in a second. What side of the fence are you on? I don't look at it that way. I'm standing on the stinking post. It's about this big, and I'm standing there looking straight down the fence post. Faith, hope, and trust. And you know what the Lord's telling me to do? Jump. I don't want to jump to the next one. There's barbed wire. I know where that's headed. Uh-uh. That's going to hurt. Guys, you kind of understand what I'm talking about here. Okay? Guys and gals, I get it. But you can see it. You know? And you know what he does over time? In my life, I just wanted to look back. Turn around. Go back. Why? It's what we know. It's comfortable. We've been living, I've been living that way for 30 years, 53 years now. I've been living this way, wanting to go back, being pulled back into all those battles that I have. Every battle, Paul calls them iniquities, transgressions, sin, flesh, whatever it is, I call it a battle. I could care less what you call it, but to me, in my life, it's pulling me backwards because I know it. You know, whatever that is. Pride, ego, lust, addictions. It's all the same. We all have the same. We are the same people. We are the same people. We're one of his children. Okay? So that's the love. We're getting there. I'm getting there. I keep trying to get there, but he's like, no. So the fence post, what do I got to do? I have to stay focused. And then in Mark, I think it says... Um, Follow the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's a life verse for me. Follow the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Follow the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
over and over and over and over and over because that's the way I can, it's the only way I can win is to stay focused on him because man, that post, I just want to turn around, go back and he's saying, jump, jump, jump. I got you, I got you, I got you. And there's so much scripture that supports it. Over and over and promise after promise after promise says that he has us. Doesn't he? Yeah, he has us. It's amazing. Okay, but here I am, standing on that post, thinking I'm all alone, when all of you are standing right on the same post. (laughs) We're all there. So what does he do? He makes it interesting. He makes the posts further apart. Jump. That's the testing. That's the faith. That's what develops after all these trials that we've gone through. The posts get further apart, and you're expected to jump. And that, my friends, is very difficult. I know it is. He's told me to jump and jump and jump, and I don't want to jump. I hate jumping. I just want to hang out or go back. He won't let me. Right now, right here, this, he told me to jump. I went to run. You think I, no way. But then it got to be kind of exciting, and I had all this pent-up information from doing all this research and all the Bible verses and everything, and I found out some things, and then I got excited about it. Now I start to understand the blessing that comes by obeying. You obey the Lord, the blessing comes. All right, let's talk about love. So it's not on the screen, Liz. I have it. It's 2 Corinthians 3, 13, 11, and it says, He is called the God of love. Just basic scripture. Not really any scripture basic, but you guys get the idea. 1 John 4, God is love. I didn't understand that love thing at all. I didn't really want to understand it because that just takes a lot of time. But I had, as I went through all the faith, hope, and trust aspects, I, it just kept pointing back to something much greater, much deeper. I'm not a very deep individual. My wife will attest to that. You know, I just go along, woo, jumping post to post because I'm so good at it. So um, Bill Gaither, you might know Bill Gaither. He's, a, um, he's written a lot of contemporary songs. Poet, I'm going to read poetry to you now. Guys are like, what time is it, hon? <laughs> Don't worry, the pain's almost over all. Bill Gaither, who has written um, just tons of stuff, he said, Could we with ink the ocean fill and where the skies of parchment made were every stock on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O oh, love, oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. That's deep stuff, man. Okay, I had to read that like a hundred times to get it. But it caught my attention because I don't think that way. Okay, I don't think in terms of love and how much the Lord loves me. But I'm figuring out that the more that I understand that, the more the faith, hope, and trust, the more life opens up, and the more confident I am 
in walking and jumping post to post to post. Very, very amazing what's happened through all this research. <laughs> Call it research. Um, I'm going to jump to Titus 3-4. So we have to set the bar, though. Because when we talk about love, there's lots of love. Okay? Now this is where it gets fun. And this is really where I had just a great time. Okay, we have to set the bar. How much does the Lord love everybody? That's a crazy question. What is that dude talking about? Okay, Titus. Titus 3, 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared... Then spirit who pours out a bunch. Okay, so the first part is, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. He loves everyone, right? Hey, this is a no-brainer. What's the next verse that I'm going to pull up? John 3.16. Nice job. The boys are coming through for me. John 3.16. So God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Anyone know the rest of that? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That's big. Everybody. That's everybody. Did you guys ever see that Focus on Fan commercial where the little girl says this phrase and then she goes, wow. No one's ever saw that? Thank you. Thank you. I've trained him well, haven't I? Okay, now you say this when I do this. Dang, I really should have thought that through a little more. All right, so... God so loved the world, that's everybody, okay? That's the bar. That's a darn high bar. Everyone. Doesn't matter with your sinner, saint, well, whoever you are, doesn't matter. He so loved the world that he sent Christ, and Christ died for us. Great. Got it? That's the bar. Let's keep going. What do we have as far as a responsibility? After, for that verse, what is our responsibility? You have two choices, accept or reject. Pretty basic, right? What happens if you reject Christ? You know, and then we start talking about 1 Corinthians 16.22. 16, if any man love not the Lord, Jesus Christ, let him be, the word is, accursed. Want to take an idea what that means? That's damned. You know what? I love everyone. This is the hard one for me. This was during this whole part is coming to the realization because I have a heart for people. I may be a grouchy old man, but I have a heart for people. Right? That hurts. I want to see everyone there. I know that there's people that won't go to heaven because they reject Christ. Guys, that's a hard message. Do, it was really hard for me. It's painful. But that's what it is. He tells us. In Deuteronomy, just to take the point home, this was hard. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. That's us. Okay? That's for us. With those who love Him and keep His commandments. And he repays those who hate him to their face. Man. To destroy them, he will not be at slack with 
him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. And that's heartbreaking. The best news of all is that we get to be part of the Lord's biggest plan. We get to, he lets us be a part of it. So if all of you, in one way or another, talk to people, show, illustrate who Christ is, we get to be a part of it. That's pretty big. You know, have a heart for everyone. Everyone. Because we don't know where they are. What about those who accept Christ? What about those who accept Christ? Any ideas what happens to us? You guys, there were so many promises in the Bible, I couldn't even write them all down. It would have taken us hours to go through all the promises. All the promises specifically about how much He loves us. But the first thing to realize, we are chosen. Guys, this is very special. We are chosen. He chose each one of you. Okay, start taking ownership of that. So when you have these trials, when you have all of those things going on in life, He chose you. That's part of His love for us is that He chose you. Right? So the Scripture, what's the Scripture that goes along with it? Ephesians 1, 4-6, just as He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Well, that's pretty clear, isn't it? There's your... That we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. There's a lot in there. So we were what? Wait a minute, where was it? Adopted? We're going to get to that too. So you're, you're chosen, you're adopted. Matthew 24, 22, And unless those days were shortened, no flesh should be saved. I'm sorry, that's my bad. Um, I meant to talk about, you don't have this, Liz. It's, uh, Luke's Gospel 18, 7 says, Now shall not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? That's me. And will be delay long over them. We come to Romans, the great epistle of Paul. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Chosen. John 15, 15 through 16. Okay. 16, I believe. Man, it's time to get glasses or better contacts. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Promise. Do you guys remember 15? Paul talked about 15 last, last time. Do you remember what it was? You did not choose me, but I chose you. Um, back to 15. Sorry, I'm jumping around. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants does not know the master, but I have called you friends. Just what he said. I didn't get that, by the way. You know what? I don't know God as a friend. I'll fess up. That was really hard. I don't get it. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm, that part's young. I have a father because in my past, that wasn't really great. I grew up not in a very great household. It wasn't the leave it to beaver. It wasn't this iconic, great story. It was a disaster. My mom was addicted to alcohol and drugs for 20 years of my life. My dad was fairly absent, fairly there, eh, kind of depended. Okay? There's a lot of baggage that I carry from that stuff. Right? 
That's testimony, man. I don't know who the Lord is as a friend, but he's my father. And that's where we are right now. We're moving forward, and I'll let you know when that gets better. I'll let you know when I can go, hey, you're a friend, hanging out with Christ? No, no, not there. It's just where I am. It's a path. It's a, it's a post that I haven't jumped to yet. Not looking forward to it because you know what I know? <laughs> I know there's going to be some, some trust in there. I'm going to have to realize some things to get to the next post. All right, we're adopted. We're a royal priesthood. Wait a second, I can't go. I got to go to 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Remember when, several months ago when Paul talked about a royal, being a royal priesthood? This is another thing I didn't get. That I, amazing, isn't it? Um, a holy nation, his own special people. His own special people. You're starting to get the picture of how special we are? We're adopted, Galatians 4, 6 through 7. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of the Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. You've been adopted. Guys, I am adopted. I know what that means. That's everything. All rights, all responsibilities, all benefits to me. That's what the Father is doing. We are heirs in this kingdom. You are given already everything. And that's what he talked about last time. Wait a minute. He, see, he sees us as what? Justified. We've been justified. Are you kidding me? i got to read this first, though, because this is Ephesians. This is adoption. You don't have this, Liz. Um, as adopt- Isn't that terrible that I keep doing that to the poor thing? I told you I didn't know where this was going, and it's gone way different than what I expected. It's kind of fun, though. I know, it's just it's almost, the pain's almost over. The adopted children, we enter into a new relationship with God. Though we were chosen before the foundation of the world, that's Ephesians 1.4, we lived as an enemy of God up to the moment of our salvation. Ephesians 2, 1-2. At our conversion, we were adopted into God's family through Jesus Christ. We have a new identity. I don't live that way, do you? I can say amen all day long, but I don't live that way. But I'm working on it. So here's the challenge to all of us. Take ownership. Think through those things. Take risks that he wants you to take, knowing that you're safe. You are safe with him. Okay? You are safe. That's, that's, I'm not there yet. I'll let you know again. There's a lot of stuff we're working on. That's tough. All right, so we're, we were made righteous. Now this one really, this is where Paul talked about who you are already, okay? So if you look at the scripture, and this is Romans 3, uh, no, hold on a minute. Romans, I don't know, 3.23. Hey, whoever said, that was good. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by the grace through, okay, you get the point? Through Christ. Justified through Christ. What is justified? Justified is really a legal term. You know, another definition, which I thought was really fascinating, forensic term. Think about that. For all, you guys, all of you that want to ponder some things, forensic. Hmm. I haven't gotten there yet, but. So it's a legal term. 
basically something else. There's a word in here, propitiation. You ever hear that word? Like, what is propitiation? That is a crazy word to be in the Bible. All right? So it says, whom God set forth propitiation by his blood. It's covering. Reconciliation. You guys know all this stuff. But remember, this is part of his love. This is what he's done for you. Covered, cleared, built to Christ, paid for by Christ. My junk. All the garbage. Past, present, future. Man, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I'm a disaster. A walking mess. Every day. But I got the Lord and I got his grace. I got the propitiation. I got the justification. Got the righteousness. Assigned righteousness. That's imparted or, I'm sorry, imputed righteousness, given freely. Imparted's a little different. Now we're talking about salvation or sanctification, okay? That's that path. That's the pole to pole to pole. That's sanctification. That's the path he's going to put you on. He says we're going to have trials. We talked about it. Sanctification, salvation. Imparted, imputed. Getting the idea? This is all for you, us. Why? Because we were chosen. We were adopted. We're special. Think of yourself as special. Again, I have a lot of battles. I don't think of myself as special. But I have to take hold of this and start living my life in this manner, believing this. Right? That's, that's amazing, this gift. We are chosen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Romans 5.11, and not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Amen. Amen. So we're treated differently, blessed differently, loved differently. That's pretty hard to, to take in, isn't it? Treated differently, blessed differently, loved differently. We're special. It's already done. We won. It's already there. Praise God. Go celebrate. Go celebrate. We should be celebrating every day you wake up. Thank you, God, for choosing me. 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 Because I am a disaster and we're all a mess. Right? So what does he give us? Let's talk about some other things real quick. Grace, forgiveness. He's patient with us. Merciful. Undeserved kindness. Warns us over and over and over in his scripture. Be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. Over and over again. Mm, duh. Over and over again. Blessing of eternity. Talked about that. He chose us. He makes wonderful and great promises, promises to us. Great promises. Promises of, of a life. Something now and then. This is how much he loves you. Each of you. This is amazing. He gives us these things daily. Every day. Without fail. He never fails. He's perfect. He's holy everything about him but yet what's that he wants to have a relationship with you i read something recently that that was a falsity that that was not true that 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 christianity that we have turned that around and that it's not about that it's about the collective wrong that's crap i'm sorry i'm kind of passionate about that because it's wrong it's false teaching he does want a relationship with you and we have that right now because the Holy Spirit lives in each and every one of you, and that is a special gift that you've been given. 
Am I going to get in trouble for that one, Pastor? Hey, lay it all out. At least you all know who I am. <laughs> so he cares about your path. He cares about your destiny. He cares about your future, your marriage, your money, your children. Your everything he cares about. Every little detail of your life, he cares about you. And you can go to him and talk to him about what? Anything and everything. Even the garbage. And, yep. Even the garbage. And back to the whole point, we can call him friend. John MacArthur, who is a, um, uh, a pastor in L.A., of all places. That's kind of a brutal place to have to be a pastor. But he, um, he just celebrated his 50th year of pastoring a church, growing it. That's pretty amazing. Guy is just, he's one of the greatest researchers for the word that I've come across. He summarizes it like this. God loves his own, uh, by his own will, out of his Love, he chooses. He makes a covenant and will not break it, but will redeem those whom he loves. That is a pattern over and over and over and over again. Look at Israel. Israel, a mess. Can't count. I mean, most of the Bible is about what a disaster they were, how much they walked away, you know, the idolatry. It just goes on and on and on. What did he do? He made a covenant with them. Is that covenant still in place today? Yep. Going to bring him back? Yep. Better believe it. Start looking at the news. It's coming. It's fun to watch. I like it when I look through it with those lenses. If I didn't have those lenses, that, those glasses on, and I looked at this, I'd be scared out of my head. But guess what? We're chosen. We're special. Guess where we're going? Yes. Live it. Take ownership of it. I'm almost there. If I say it more times, I can convince myself. Okay? I'm trying to live this way. I'm trying to walk in this path. You know what? Here's another one. David. David was a disaster. He had Solomon out of sin. What did God say about Solomon? What did God say about Solomon? 2 Samuel 12, 24. Now the Lord loved him. He chose who he wants. He does what he wants. He, guys, he's the Lord of the universe. People are like, well, that's not really my God. How do you know? He's do whatever he wants. That's the hard part. Lord, do whatever, submit, do whatever you want in my life. Mmm. Been there, done that. You know all the stupidest prayer that I ever made? Lord, make me the man you want me to be. Man, you all should have kicked me in the head on that one. Okay? Notice everyone goes, all the guys like, oh, man, you're in trouble. You're going home. I stopped praying that after a while. I'll get back there sometime. Don't worry about it. So look at David, though. Solomon said, I love him. Born out of sin, I still love him. You see who I choose, I'll redeem his life, I'll do what I want. All right, here's a verse. Not a verse. This is what I came to. This is what I found. Out of everything, if you were to make the universe, wouldn't you feel pretty good about the universe? I'd be like, yeah, ta-da! That's pretty ripping good. That's good stuff. <laughs> Everything that he made. You know what he loves the most? Us. I can't even begin to wrap my small brain around that. He loves us out of everything that he could love. 
and it's amazing. It's greatness. It's, there's nothing greater than his creation. And when I say creation, I mean everything. But he chooses us, you, to love the most. That, take that, and celebrate that you're chosen, adopted, you're righteous, you've been, everything's been wiped away, the slate's clean, and he sees you that way every day and wants to talk to you every single day. So Psalm 37, 23 through 24, I'm sorry, 23 through 24, the steps of a good man are, or, are ordained by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Promise. That's what we get. That's what we get. Proverbs 19, I'm sorry, 16, 9. Should be at the very end, Liz, if you want to throw that up. A, man, a man's heart plans his way. A man plans his way in a heart, but the Lord directs your steps. Did you ever think that it was the other way around? I thought the Lord's like, I got a plan for you. Here's my will. Here's my way. Not quite. Not quite. Think about that backwards. He does have a plan for your life, but you know what? He directs your steps. Man, I fail. I mean, I've tried to run my own life. And that walk that I'm on, the more and more I walk it, the more and more I don't want to be in control. Take it. Because I have made a disaster out of my life. I still live with consequences from my pre-Christ years. BC as I like before Christ. I still live with those consequences. They stink. I got to... Hey, where's my paper? Oh, did I? Check this out. Sorry, I get a little excited. Um, so uh, Charles Spurgeon was a, a pastor in England around the 1800s. He wrote this, speaking of sin and making a wreck out of your life. If young men knew the price of sin, even in this life, they would not be so hot to purchase pleasurable moments at the price of painful years. Ho, ho, ho. You better hang that on your wall, boys. We'll be testing this. It's good stuff. That's the Lord, man. A man plans his way in his heart, but the Lord directs his step. Finally, and I will close with this. Psalm 16, 9 through 11. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hell, nor will you allow your Holy One to cor- nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life in your presence of fullness and joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's a good place to camp out on. Go camp on it. Read it. See what comes to you. Man, there was so much I didn't have time. All right, well, that's it. <laughs> Let me, let me just pray real quick. Father God, thank you so much for showing up. No, you never fail. And the song was, yet? Drop that. Next time, don't even sing yet, because it's never going to happen. He's never going to fail you. Father, thank you so much for not failing, for showing up, for working through me. Thank you so much for giving me that spirit, that passion. Thank you for your people for these people, thank you for our church, our pastor, our elders. Father, you have blessed us abundantly, and we thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
stay here for a minute? Would you stay here for a minute? You know, one thing, <clears throat> one thing that's been heavy on my heart. Stay here for a minute. I'm Where are you going? I'm just going to give him some papers. <laughs> now, hey, hey, I got to take care of those, okay? You never know when that's going to come up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing that's been um, big on my heart, and it's just God's been impressing it on me the whole time he's speaking up here, is that his word is living. And how many of you believe you just heard words from God through the Holy Spirit just now? Okay, and his word is living. So look, I don't want this just to be words this morning. And, and if I have your agreement, I believe that... He wants there to be a prayer of authority for a specific thing this morning. And I believe because he was chosen <laughs> for this this morning that there's an anointing of authority to release something. Do you all believe that too? Do you believe that? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the most important. <laughs> I'm glad you believe that too. Um, so this is what I want to do. I want to toss this out there. I believe that there's an anointing on this um, standing on the post and him wanting us to be so grounded in his love that he's making a people of jumpers. Did you hear that? Did you hear that with me? Take that. Don't go talk to people about jumping. <laughs> Kayla, jump. Let's jumper that. <laughs> no, I, I really believe that there's an anointing here for that. So this is what I want to do. How many, I'm just going to say what I'm about to offer, I'm one of them. I'm going to go stand over here while he prays an authorized prayer to release power from the courts, okay? But how many of you are with me? Um, it doesn't have to be everybody. I'm really asking. How many of you feel like you're in a place in your life where you're on one of those fence posts, and whether you know what the jump is or not, you know that he's, he's about to ask you to be making a jump? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, if you're raising your hand, stand up. I believe there's an anointing for the release of this, that we're supposed to be so grounded in what God put on his heart to say this morning that he's making people who are a bunch of jumpers, who jump into the Holy Spirit because we're that grounded. Will you pray with authority and anointing over these folks that are standing? You know, I didn't sweat the whole time. <laughs> now I made you sweat. You can't yeah. come up here without a little sweat. Thanks. Lord God, thank you, thank you, thank you for the things that you've set on people's hearts. Thank you for that vision that you show them. Thank you for that post where you have them. But Father, I pray for a tender and merciful heart that you help them and encourage them, that you show them their, the path that you have for each of these individuals, that they are able with courage to follow your will and your way to make that jump to take that next step without turning back, without looking at their past, without holding those, that past as a prisoner. We release all of that. It's by Christ's powerful name that we just release all this and give them through his name the power to move forward in, in your will and your way. And it's in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for that, for his powerful name, for all of those things, and it's in that that we rest. Amen. Man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I believe that he just did that. Um, so we are dismissed. Y'all have a blessed week, and uh, God bless you.